All right, my final guest wrapping up the top 10 for 2022 of the A-Game Podcast replays. I'm bringing one back from a couple years ago. David Faustino, you guys know him as Grandmaster B, a.k.a. Bud Bundy. And we had a great talk, and he was somebody that uh, we were working with getting on, going back and forth, texting to try and schedule it, and uh, just stayed the course and got him on. And I thought I had a great interview with him. It was really awesome to get to know him a little bit, somebody you've watched for years. I still watch Married with Children all the time, and that show holds up to this day. It is one of my favorite shows and will always be one of my favorite shows. And it was really uh, it was really awesome just to be able to watch somebody like that your whole life growing up and be such a fan of somebody and then be able to just jump on a Zoom and be able to have a conversation with them and talk with them a little bit and then shoot them a text. So it's really cool. So uh, I know a lot of people might not have heard or seen this one because it was earlier on. So I wanted to bring it back because I thought David Faustino was a great guest and an awesome guy. And he said a lot of interesting stories and we had an awesome talk and he's doing great things like the legend of Korra on Netflix. And you might not see him in front of stuff a lot, but he's behind the scenes, behind the camera, behind the turntables, spinning at different clubs. They got a, a documentary, I believe, coming out about the club ballistics that he started way back in the day. There's a lot of voiceover work, and he's just killing it again. So very much enjoyed David Faustino, not only on this podcast, but my whole life watching him and stuff like uh, Married with Children. So hopefully I get maybe uh, Ed O'Neill on, talk about jujitsu, talk about life someday over this next year. He's another bucket list guest. So anybody knows Ed O'Neill, pass it on. But in the meantime, thank you so much, David Faustino for coming on and that will wrap out our 10 replays of the A-Game podcast to top out 2022. I will see you guys live the first Monday of January in 2023 with an amazing guest, one of the most inspirational human beings I have ever talked to. I can't wait to air some of the podcasts we already recorded for 2023. Nick.com slash links to all the show notes to connect with me everywhere. Definitely appreciate all of you guys. Have a safe and happy holiday. And looking forward to 2023. Text real estate if you guys want to do some deals together. 516-540-5733. Nicknick.com slash links. A game podcast. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People who have figured out how to live the lives they want with passion and integrity. And no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Huge favor by letting me pick his brain. He is an absolute legend, a TV icon, a musician, actor, known for Bud Bundy and Married with Children, as I'm sure you know. Um, ballistics club owner, has a great part in uh, putting together some pivotal uh, names in the music industry that we'll, we'll dig into. And uh, as I just found out, another dog lover like myself, um, I'll let you do a quick hello. But man, again, I really appreciate you doing this for me, and uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, no problem, man. My pleasure being here. And I'm glad we could finally, I know we've been talking back and forth for some time now, so I'm glad we finally got to set it up. Yeah, you have great patience, man. I was like trying to no, really walk patience. that line of like, <laughs> nah, I wanted to follow up but not be like a
Yeah, so, so I, I appreciate it. it, dude. So I have to play the other end sometimes too when I'm doing my podcast or radio show, and like, you know, you want to get a guest that's you know an acquaintance or a friend or whatever, but you don't want to be that guy. So it's kind of like you know, I just, hey, what's what's happening every every couple of weeks? So I I know the game. You played it well. Thanks, <laughs> well man. played. I well appreciate played. it. I appreciate it. Yeah, the um, it's it's funny. I can't imagine what it's like for you because I'm sure everybody feels like. They know you. So it's like, oh, I'll just, you know, give me 20 because they've been watching you on TV your whole life. And then you're always like, who the hell are all these people that want like five, 10 minutes with me? So yeah. I, I don't take it lightly, man. I appreciate it. All good. No worries, man. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you're a friend of the, the one, the only Tony Rosen bum. So, uh, <laughs> of course, anything for the bum. And uh, so shout out to him. How, how, how are you? How do you guys know each other? So me and Tony started doing, uh, I, I'm a real estate investor. So I've done all types of different things with it. And another guy that I was friendly um, was in the Marine Corps with Tony. And Tony had come over as the guy, you know, motivate, like anybody who knows him knows that goes, yeah. he's ripped up uh, vocal cords. And yeah, he came yeah. in as like the motivate. And he would do, uh, he would do like logistical work for Fortune 500 companies. Like Oakley hired him to come in and figure out like where they're plateauing, who's the strong, who's the weak, who needs to be rearranged, who needs to be thrown out, and basically just kind of go in and do an assessment and, you know, get rid of the dead weight and make things uh, go off and run. And so somebody bought him in for the real estate education company that I was with. And um, that industry, which I'm, from what I'm hearing, every industry has it, but man, there's just, there's a lot of money. So there's a lot of really cool people that are doing great stuff, but there's also so many shitty people, slimy people. And we were starting to get surrounded by that. And when he yeah. came over, he came over. I call him like Captain America all the time. He just yeah. had a lot of integrity between everything that he was doing. And we just clicked. And, you know, everybody else is always looking for the easy way to do as little work as possible. And yeah. me and him and my partner, Nicole, were just, you know, doing all of it. So we just became really good friends. We started doing some real estate together, flipping properties together, doing some coaching and stuff together. And um, we brought him back over on the real estate side to keep him from going. He was going to go do some private security over in Afghanistan. And we were like, man, fuck that. Don't do that. Like, yeah. let's come in, we'll flip some houses, we'll keep you on this side. And, um, nice. well, I just became friends from there, man. We've been close ever since. I love it. I love it. And how, how long ago was that? Man, that must have been 2000 and, 2010, 2011, something, okay. something around there. I met him. I met uh, Rosenbaum in 04, uh, maybe 05, 06. I can't remember. When I did Celebrity Boot Camp, obviously. So Celebrity Boot Camp was, uh, you know, how I, how I met him. And that was a crazy experience, man. Crazy experience. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other thing. Like, it's funny because I didn't know he did all these different things. And then yeah. I started looking through all the things on YouTube. But up until recently, you couldn't find a lot of those clips. So I was like, man, you've done all these TV shows. You've done all these things. I'm trying to find clips of it. But the only show that would come up was the one he did in Denmark called Gay Army where he would train like a bunch of gay guys to take oh, on the it. army in Denmark. Genius. And the YouTube clips are freaking hysterical. Oh, I can't but imagine. like anytime we were out to dinner or something and people would be like, I'd be like, you know, he's like a TV star, right? And they'd be like, well, what are you in? And then they'd Google him and I'd be like, here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah, so right. That's us out now, but that was cool. So you guys had what? I know it was like Lorenzo Lamas, Tracy Bingham, um, Coolio. And you guys had to, how did that all come about? Um, to be quite honest with you, I'm trying to think. No, it was it was earlier than 05. It was it was probably like I want to say 02, 03. I don't know, somewhere in there, 03 maybe. Um, 
I just got approached to be honest with you. I mean, it's not, it's not an exciting story. It's one of those things where I got, you know, I got approached all the time to do different reality shows and whatnot. And uh, you know, it's usually a no for me. Um, but when they offered me the celebrity boot camp thing and, and told me it was at Camp Pendleton and that it was, you know, going to be, you know, a, a, a simulated, you know, uh, a boot camp at, within a, within a one week period. Um, it just sounded interesting to me. We had just been attacked uh, uh, not long, you know, a couple of years before that uh, in the 9-11 attacks. And it was just something that was like, okay, this is cool. This sounds amazing. And I just decided to go for it. Um, it was Fox, you know, so my, my, my Fox family. Uh, and, and uh, I, I, you know, it was, it, was, it was more intense than I had expected. It was a crazy experience. Uh, really glad I did it. Um, just, just for the experience itself, it's something I'll never, ever forget. Um, and, you know, meeting Tony was a, was a big, you know, was a big plus. He's a great dude and, and we remain friends, you know, to this day. And uh, so it was a great experience. It's, it's everything I thought it was going to be and a lot more and way more. So it was, it was, it was crazy that, you know, when I, when I, in that first, uh, was it Reveille? Revel? How do you say Reveille? When they come in in the morning and just, just wreck your whole world. Uh, I mean, I knew it was going to be bad, but I had no idea it was going to, you know, Tony, I mean, his whole shtick and, uh, and his partners that were with him, Dave Francisco. And um, I can't remember the woman's name right now. Um, it was a lot of years ago, but anyway, that first morning I was like, Oh my God, this is a nightmare, you know? And then I had like four or five more nights I had to stay there. And so, you know, I knew what I was expecting now. And so it was hard for me to go to sleep because I was just like, yo, I, I have this, this nightmare coming to me <clears throat> any minute now. So it was really a rough <laughs> week, but uh, I pushed myself and it was a great time. That's cool, man. You know, so I feel like that says a lot about it. It seems for, I mean, Marriott was so long ago now, and then you have the, the people you're still staying in touch with from Celebrity Bootcamp. And, you know, for me, I've had... My, my best friends are still the best friends I've had since like kindergarten, you know, yeah. and I'm always looking around at like, you know, the people that are, that really don't, I'm like, well, you know, like, I feel like it says a lot about you that you've kept such a good relationship with everybody that you've worked with for so many years. Everybody seems to want to stay in touch with you after, which I have to assume is a testament that you're just a, a good dude like that. Cause you know, sometimes you work with people and you're like, all right, I'm good on that person. I'm going to go do something else. And it doesn't seem to happen. I mean, Tony, obviously in touch it looks like you have a good relationship with everybody from uh from married with children still you know yeah. i hear you you're on the circuit and grew no, up I, in I la right get my so. home relationships right we'd be in business <laughs> look you can't be great at everything right <laughs> yeah yeah everyone out there so, loves me. maybe i just tell my lady that no i'm just kidding <laughs> so uh, a little bit um i definitely i'm very impressed with you because i feel like i don't want to use the the word child star or anything like thank that thank you but, for that by the way that that compliment so anyway oh definitely man um, no, I try you, to be a team player. That's all. That's all. It's just being a team player, man. Like, it, 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 you know, all, all, all the people I work with in this town, most of them are awesome. I'll be honest with you. Like 99% of the people I've worked with have been, you know, professionals. Once in a while, you'll run across that just moron who doesn't get it. And it's usually someone newer to the business, usually, uh, or, you know, just, uh, so I learned early on the mistakes. I've made my, my mistakes and l learned what's professional and what's not pretty early on. So I just try to be a team player and be a, be a pro about it. And that's it. Did you have somebody that helped you along the way to tell you like, hey, maybe don't say this or, 
you shouldn't have done that? Or did you really have to just figure it out as you went? Kind of figured it out as I went. I, like I said, I made my mistakes. You know, there was, there was times on Married with Children, there was some stretches of time where I would show up late, you know, and, and, and shit, which I would never do these days. It's just, you learn like, oh, that's whether or not you're an actor on a set and one of the stars, like you just show, you know, what actually taught me that lesson. The best was um, from having him on my, on my radio show actually was um, uh, Robert. Uh, God damn it. I can't remember his last name right now. Um, for some reason it's, it's escaping me. The guy who uh, uh, in T I think it was T3 or T2 uh, that, that Robert you know, Patrick. Yes. Robert Patrick, my friend, Robert Patrick, greatest guy. I don't know if you've ever, had any dealings with him <clears throat> he's a great 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 dude but he taught me you know he he, he really kind of cemented it in my head you know he's like if you're not a half hour early you're late and uh he's he's he just and he on the show he was doing scorpion um he kind of like you know those are all younger kids he was working with and he kind of like set the tone and let them know how it goes and and that's really uh uh you know it's important, you know, being on time and, and being a pro. And I had to learn it all. I, I got to learn it from my peers because everybody on the show, <clears throat> Married with Children, was a professional. Um, and they all acted like professionals. I mean, we were all crazy and we'd you know, talk, shut, shit talk all day long. And, you know, if you weren't in the room, you were fucking decimated, you know, uh, by, you know, all the time. It was, so in that, in, that, in that sense, we weren't professionals at all. But as far as like, you know, egos, attitudes, showing up on time, knowing your shit, knowing your lines, being prepared, all that stuff, I got to learn from pros. So, um, you know, and then my, my parents were, you know, to, to, to their uh, much, you know, hats off to them. They, they taught me to be a pro, um, very much so. They weren't these, those kind of set parents that are, you hear about that are crazy and that are, you know, more interested in the fame than the kids and are all about the money and spending the money and all that. I got lucky to have parents that uh, for all of their mistakes that they made in parenting, uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't spend, they didn't steal or spend my money. As a matter of fact, uh, they, they, you know, they should have spent more. I mean, they, they, you know, were very uh, frugal. And so they put a lot of it away from me and, and made some good investments. Uh, uh, I destroyed all of those instantly, but they did a great job at uh, keeping it all for me. And um, so, so those were my influences and that's how I became, you know, how I learned how to, you know, be professional, really. That's really cool, man. It, it's such an important thing that I didn't appreciate until I had my partner, Nicole, to really talk me through that and people like Tony, where, you know, I think I'm killing it. And then they pull you aside and they're kind of like, hey, that, not, not really as good as you thought that went. I'm like, oh, right, you know, yeah, and they yeah. just, they open your eyes to stuff. So, you know, I, 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 I was very thankful you for that type of stuff. People around you. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. You know, especially we were talking about Matt Serra earlier, you know, Matt Serra, Ray Longo, like I've learned from a lot of people what not to do and how not to act. And then I've learned, you know, just as important lessons of like, this is, this is how you want to portray yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I bet those I'm guys sure are humble cool. cats, right? They're best, man. The best, man. You know, cause I, I always say with the probably similar to you, I mean, in, in show business, I'm sure there's a ton of rejection. You know, you oh, gotta, yeah. you gotta have thick skin. You gotta, yeah. you, you, you get humbled every day. And that's, that's where I look at where it's like one day they could, you know, Matt Sarah's taking over the world. The next day you're having a bad day. They call in a fresh guy. Like, a lot of the guys that I know on the jiu-jitsu and the MMA 
it, like you said, with, uh, with, on your side of it, it's very rare that you come across somebody who's an asshole. There's always that one moron. Same thing with me, man. I travel all over the country and go to MMA gyms and train with jiu-jitsu guys. And I can count on, you know, two or three fingers at the times that somebody wasn't cool as shit, you know, because they yeah, put exactly, the work in. They, exactly. They're used to that, man. The professionals and they, they're confident in what they do and they don't have a reason to be an asshole. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it stems from uh, from insecurities, and those guys have nothing to prove at all. You know, yeah. they they proved it any given day. So yeah. they're funny, man. They like to have fun. But it was funny because it came up. Uh, Matt was the one who actually told me about starving. He loved it. He mm. was like, "Man, he's like, what a oh, great really? show!" So, oh, he yeah. knew about starving, Matt. Matt yeah, Matt yeah, knew about starving. He's got the best sense of humor, man. That guy's hysterical. But I wonder I how he came to- upon it. I don't know, man. He, he's kind of got an eye for that stuff. Like, he loves to laugh, and I know he, he's one of the only guys that I know that's a grandma's boy in the theater. Oh, like, he really he loves comedy. Loves comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he does that podcast now with Jim Norton, and they that's made them go to the comedy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like the official UFC podcast that, that they uh, do together, and they made them for, like, I'm gonna, a challenge. I'm going to do... make a confession now before we even start. I don't know much about... Uh, uh, you know, that whole world, only, only peripherally, peripherally. Uh, and, you know, what I know through Ed and I actually know uh, Gokor, uh, believe it or not, uh, just from going to his studio and, you know, meeting him and talking with him. And I was going to, I trained with him a little bit, but it was, a, you know, one of those drives. And then I got, I had to leave town and then I kind of, I'd never really, you know, followed through and picked up with it. But Gokor was great. Uh, Ed, you know, loves, what he does, he, you know, he loves training and he loves learning what he learned and I, it's changed him and made him a better person. Uh, but it's cool to know that, uh, that Matt Sarah is a, such a comedy fan and that he actually found starving. Cause it's, you know, it's not like a mainstream thing by any means, uh, starving. So I, I tried really hard to find it. I've been yeah. dying to watch it. Yeah. And yeah. then I just heard you on another podcast and you were saying how they buried it. Cause they I was buried. like, I can't find like DVDs or anything like that. What happened with that? Cause it seems like it would be perfect for my sense of humor now. And I'm having a lot of trouble finding it. You were saying they kind of buried it on you. Yeah. So crackle, it was a you know, show for crackle, which is so, you know, Sony owns crackle, uh, which actually Sony owns married with children as well. Um, but we, uh, so I, I worked with them and they, they, you know, it was one of these things where, you know, from the very get-go, we gave them the scripts that, that we were going to do, the 12 scripts that we were going to do. And every sick joke, every, you know, disgusting joke was in those scripts. It wasn't like we just ad-libbed those last minute. Like, those were all in them, and they approved them all. And we shot them as scripted. And, uh, and uh, you know, when, when push came to shove, I think, just you know it was it was a pretty intense uh show it was it was uh in today's climate i i to be honest with you they may be the, the wiser ones after all for for burying it or pulling it in today's you know comedy climate which is tough to you know navigate um so you know it was it was it was pretty intense there was, it was a lot of rough jokes and uh i think they just got scared and you know they made it a, a a real good effort at pulling it from any, you know, any sites that they could find it at that they might be associated with. So uh, that's kind of how it went. I still have a good relationship with them. It's not like we like, well, we fought, we fought during the editing process of it. When they finally saw it, we, we had some arguments during, I won't say fought. We just, you know, we had creative disagreements, but 
they approved what you know, we had final say really at the end of the day. Um, and uh, so I still have a fine relationship with them. It's just, we didn't agree on, we didn't agree on our uh, uh, comedic tastes, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. But it's a fun show. It's funny, and and to and to and if Matt, you know, thinks it's funny, obviously he's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> and he knows exactly what's funny. So shout out to uh, to you, Matt. Thanks for watching the show. I do meet people at conventions and uh, on social media who just fell in love with starving, and they just loved it. And you know, there are some funny moments. I will admit it. There are some really laugh out loud funny moments. There's some moments that I I groan at myself. I go, Jesus Christ, what? Why? What was I thinking? <laughs> but you know that's with anything i guess yeah so um I, I i've been watching uh i think lego channel popped up and they literally just marathon married with children for the last mm. few days and i've oh, just really? been watching yeah, i'll be waiting for my checks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know you were saying about looking back and um and and maybe some things don't stand the test of time as far as your sense of humor or jokes not being as appropriate dude that show is still as funny as it ever was married with children I understand more yeah married with children uh -huh, uh -huh. you know i understand more now that i'm older obviously but man that was yeah. such a a timeless show i remember i was young and my grandparents would watch it and my parents would be like you can't let him watch that and now like it, it's just hysterical man it, it really i love that your grandparents watched it and your parents had to ah, that's hilarious your parents <laughs> were like no no no, they can't watch because my parents didn't like the show either i i came from like I won't say a strict, but, but, but a Catholic upbringing. Um, you know, my dad's a full-blooded Italian, you know, old school Catholic dude. And um, so, you know, it was, it was even uncomfortable being, you know, I was on the show, but then watching the show uh, ar around the television set on Sunday night, sometimes there were some jokes that just were uncomfortable just, just because of our family. You know, there's those families you, you, you grew up around that just don't give a shit. They, they curse, they talk about whatever. And then there's those family, you know, there's different types of families like the one I grew up in where it was, it was not like that. So it was uncomfortable. And I meet fans all the time that tell me all the time, all day long, that, that, that most of them had to sneak to watch it, the younger ones. They, they would get in trouble. So they had to watch it at a friend's or they had to sneak and watch it. Um, or they would sneak and watch it with the one family member who thought it was funny too. And, and so uh, I, I love hearing that, you know. And then you hear the stories, you meet the fans who, like I said, they all just sat around together as a family and just laughed their asses off because they didn't come from that kind of, you know, uh, uh, strict upbringing. Yeah, that, that's eventually where it came. They got sick of trying to wear them down and we all just watched it together. And, you know, it's still, even, you know, I'm on the road there. Well, always catch it like in different cities, like five in the morning, I'll get up, jump on the treadmill. And if Mary with children's out, I can knock out like an hour or two on the treadmill. But um, what are your what thoughts do you do on, on the like, road? how that... Uh, so we would go around and we'd look at different investment properties or Tony, I would go and teach people how to invest in real estate or I'd go get hired to do speaking on just how to put investments together, things like that, you know? So you have to get up early, early, huh? Uh, you know, I don't have to, but 24 hours in the day, man, you know, I try and I get up, I find a jujitsu gym, hit the treadmill. I like to eat, dude. If my fat ass doesn't get up early and start getting some exercise in, I'm, yeah. I'm Yeah, doomed. yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too, me too. I'm the same way. I love to eat as well, so I have to... Keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. That's why yeah. when I was talking about my dogs before we sh started the podcast, I was telling you about my five dogs and the process of walking them and you know taking two and then taking the other two and then taking the big one. And I've sort of incorporated it into my workout. It's part of my workout. So the, 
the first, you know, 45 minutes is me walking the dogs, you know, vigorously up, up and down a giant canyon and then coming back. And then I go right into my workout because at that point I'm already warmed up and ready to go. That's awesome, man. Otherwise, I'd be like, these fucking dogs, I hate them. <laughs> dogs are the best, dude. Did yeah. you ever, did, uh, did uh, Ed O'Neill ever get you to train at all? I know I train at the gym. He trains at sometimes when oh, I'm yeah? in California, but I've never crossed paths with Yeah, yeah, the one in Torrance right before they moved to Beverly Hills. Yeah, I was training out in Torrance with Alex Stewart and uh, my buddy Billy Grotz today from Biohazard, those guys out there. Who's oh, actually they're right in, in Beverly Hills us. now, huh? Yeah, yeah, they got a Beverly Hills school. And Billy, the guy I trained with out there, is actually in a band with Send Dog. And I know you're friends with Be Real. Yeah. Which, funny which, the way. What you got? Uh, Billy Grazi Day. He's in Power Flow with Send Dog. He's, uh, like, he was from this band, Biohazard, New York Hardcore Band. Oh, okay. Now he's out there, so. Oh, dope. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't trained. Like I said, only a little bit with Gokor. Uh, uh, do you know of Gokor? No, no. Oh, oh, he's dope. Um, He's in he's in some of the the docs the documentaries. Uh, check check him out after after this. He's a he's instrumentally uh, with uh, Gene Labelle. Him and Gene Labelle. Are, yeah, I know Gene Labelle. Yeah. So Gene used to do a lot of stunt work on Married with Children. Um, oh, get out of here! Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the, he was the stunt he was one of the stunt coordinators along with a guy named Frank Lloyd, and they would you know stunt coordinate and. And Gene's in a shit, a shit ton of episodes. I mean, I say a shit ton. I mean, he's in a good handful of episodes, you know, uh, just in the background doing a stunt or two. So um, Gene was great. And, you know, as they'd say, the toughest man alive, right? He was just a, just his hands and his, or his claws, as I would call them, <laughs> you know, his fucking hooks. And just, you know, he was a tough dude and a great guy. Like we were saying before, about you know hum, humble guys and perfect being professionals and he was just great. That's awesome, man. So you I know, didn't realize what a legend he was when I was working with him. By the way, it wasn't until like you know years later watching documentaries about him and stuff that I go, holy shit! I wish I had known and appreciated you know who he was at the time. I mean, he was a great guy and we had a great time together. But I didn't realize like you know what a what a you know how instrumental he was in the movement and what a tough, you know, dude he was and how many guys he's trained and all of that. Yeah, he was cornering Ronda Rousey on a lot of her biggest fights. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, if you look at, oh, so, yeah. So, uh, you, did you watch the doc, the documentary on her on Netflix? No. There's a documentary uh, on Netflix about her. And Gokor is in a bunch of that. Is, uh, okay, cool. Gokor in that, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, what do you, what do you attribute to the fact that you never... I mean, you're you're still respected. Oh, oh, all these years, all these years later, you know, um, you've never come up as the guy who did any weird stuff, or you know, got even funny enough because I know like Bud Bundy wasn't like the it, it was a role that people could be like, oh, you know, Bud Bundy, but dead with respect. Like everybody still respects you. You still have a great name and a great reputation, and um, you know, you didn't seem to go down that road or that a lot of other people that had success earlier in life did and you know a lot of the things that you're doing now you know you you have your your club you're doing the podcast i was watching you spin on ig the other day you were kicking it off with the paul wall stuff and it was absolutely awesome man so how did you always stay so grounded or manage to keep yourself like around without really getting into too much trouble being successful so young in life 
Well, I mean, thank you. Uh, I, that's, that's, that's kind. And I appreciate that. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, if I'm completely honest, I didn't get caught for a lot of it. I mean, you know, I mean, to be real honest with you, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a time before social media. Um, it was a time where there was paparazzi, but it wasn't the paparazzi of today. You know, um, uh, there was there wasn't a hundred you know photographers running down the street trying to grab a picture. Um, you weren't film. You know, we didn't have i we didn't have i we didn't have cameras. I mean, I'm trying to put a documentary together right now for the club that you mentioned, ballistics, uh, because there's just tremendous history and the amount of people that were there. But you know, for us to find video of of, of those years, because we're talking about ninety one. Uh, 90 through 93 or something like that like it's 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 virtually impossible to find uh footage you know because of just the time frame that, that we were in so so back to what we were talking about is you know wh while i did stay somewhat grounded i, I did you know I, um i just you know i didn't get caught <laughs> that's awesome yeah. It's a crazy world now with that man and what, what kind of stuff are you seeing being a father now and having kids growing up about I can't imagine if, you know, the last 20, 30 years of my life were documented on social media. I'm so happy that that was not an option, but it's crazy now. You know, I look at kids doing that stuff and I'm like, you know, I just, I know how stupid I was back then. Yeah. I'm just thankful it wasn't recorded. And I'm like, man, these things are going to stick with these people now forever. I, like all these kids growing up. Is it, is it scary being a parent in that environment? Yeah. I just, I feel sorry for the kids and, and and young adults who don't realize like you're like I watched a piece on social imprints and you know they're forever forever and so you know I can't believe that the, the youth of today a lot of them don't grasp the, the the weight of their social imprint and how long that will follow them forever into life for as long as they live uh and and so that was something I would I would I will hopefully teach my 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 daughter and that I had I had to learn I didn't realize until I started watching things on your social imprint, uh, including emails, uh, uh, posts, uh, on and on and on. Uh, I didn't realize you know how important and how detrimental it can be to one's uh, success, well-being, life, etc. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, and uh, I, I think of everything as a, a tool or a weapon, you know, and if you use it the wrong way, obviously it could hurt you. But if you use it the right way, there's a lot of really amazing things that have come from it, you know, and, and that's oh, yeah. where I think it's cool that you're doing. Um, I know you're getting your podcast back up and running. I was spin on, on IG and I think a, a lot of those things are just giving people a lot more exposure that they might not have had before into different cultures, different people, yeah, different opinions. Um, how are you using a lot more now to, to get your stuff out there and what kind of stuff are you working on? Cause for people who don't know, um, you did do the grandmaster B thing on married with children, but you actually rap and you rap well. Um, D little, I believe was the, the name you're using. And, um, you know, you, you run the club and, um, I, I actually watched you do a, uh, a battle with Joey Lawrence and you oh, yeah, freaking crushed it, dude. It was really good. Yeah, it that was, was like, you're, you're a very good rapper. You, you're quick. You're funny, man. Like, it, it was really good stuff. So I don't know if it's on YouTube or anything, but, um, you know, for people who don't know, you're, you're it's called a Drop the Mic. Musician. Drop Did the Mic? Go, it's, 
it's a show called Drop the Mic that's hosted by a uh, Method Man, who's one of my favorite rappers of all time, one of the greatest, one of the greatest. Now, th talk about humble guys. Talk about good dudes. Method Man's one of the greatest. Um, uh, but anyway, he uh, he hosts it. It's called Drop the Mic. Yeah, it's it's on YouTube. You can check it out. It's, it's a fun show. And there's other clips, man, of some other battles that are fucking hilarious that you have to see as well. Nice, nice. So, how did you wind up falling in love with hip hop and deciding to go down that direction? Um, to be honest with you, it's a funny story. The, the way I was really introduced to hip hop, if I'm completely honest about it, the first kind of first exposure, I, I think I'm trying to think what came first, the run DMC, um, the run DMC raising hell album or beastie boys, uh, license to ill. I'm sure. Uh, so either it was either Christina Applegate, introduced me to hip hop, even though she's not a hip hop head, uh, simply through her, because she knew about the Beastie Boys. Um, and she, she, uh, you know, she, she, she put some headphones on me one day. I remember we were at the, the table read for Mary with Children. We were all sitting around the big table with the producers and everyone. And I had, she had headphones and she put this on and it was the Beastie Boys, the first album licensed to ill. And I just like, you know, fell in love with it right away and was, so it was, I was either that moment or um, I had discovered the Run DMC Raising Hell album all on my own. Um, I'm not sure which, it, it, was, it was one of the two, whichever came first, but uh, I, I just became really into it. And then the, 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 I, was, I, was, I learned about a rapper named Mixmaster Spade who, who's passed uh, away, uh, so rest in peace to him. And, you know, Ready to Rock. It was a song called Ready to Rock. And I just remember going, holy shit, this shit's dope. And um, that was it. I just, then I was hooked and I just seeked it out everywhere I went and uh, every, you know, wherever I could find and magazines and Tower Records out here in LA and, uh, you know, voracious, voraciously, voraciously, I don't know what the right word is, went after it. That's cool, man. Always had that personality. They really just... Go for it, because obviously you found success in everything you've done, and all those things are stuff that a you have to put yourself out there a lot, which is, is never even this. Like I feel like an idiot every time I like post something that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, being on TV and then going into music and all those different things. Um. So I think two questions there is one, there there's a lot of um a lot of uh, rejection like we were talking about earlier. How did you prep yourself? for going through that because a lot of people they don't like that and they think they want to be on think they want to be out there but the second they start being judged or being in the spotlight or getting a lot of rejection they quit like i find the same thing with real estate guys same thing with jiu-jitsu guys everybody wants to be a ufc fighter then they go in one day and they go no no too much work not for me but you keep reinventing yourself and finding success in multiple different things that other people find no success in um did, were your parents like that was that something you just kind of developed i mean how, how did that all come there Oh, well, thank you. Um, well, uh, two things. My dad, uh, who's passed away as well, rest in peace to him. He, to he taught me discipline. Oh, he's been many years, but thank you. He uh, taught me discipline, uh, for better or for worse. Um, uh, he was definitely a disciplinarian. Um, and and to, that was also, you know, in, in a negative way in many ways, but also uh, in, in a positive way in, you know, sticking with things and, 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 uh, try and, you know, keep going and, you know, so, so uh, much, much to him. And the other reason is simply, I have no other choice. Like I'm in this game 
I was born into it literally. My first job was when I was three months old uh, playing an infant and I've been working ever since. Um, and so there isn't really no other option for me. I don't have a great, great education. Um, I was, I was educated on a set and you know, that education can be really, really amazing or really, really shitty depending on the student and the teacher. Uh, and I was a student who was more interested in just, you know, laughing with the adults and hanging out and listening to the jokes. And that's what I wanted to do. I hated being in the schoolroom. It just, I just didn't like it. Um, where you'd see, you know, like, like Alyssa Milano, for instance, who was doing Who's the Boss at the same time. Uh, and her schoolroom was like literally right next door. And, you know, you could tell she wanted to learn. Like they, that, that was someone who was into learning and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think they had a really great teacher. My teachers were, I mean, hopefully none of them were watching, but they were just okay at best. And they let me take advantage of them. Uh, so I didn't get a great education in that way. So I bring that all to say is I don't have <clears throat> other options. So I have to continue in this game, whether it be voiceover, DJing, hosting, um, um, acting, all of those things is, is the only thing I know to do, so I, I just keep pushing forward with, with those things. Um, and I've, I've had success, a lot of success in voiceover. It's been great to me. Um, it's been, you know, my second career and I continue to do it to this day. I, I get to do it straight from my home now. I have, uh, you know, abilities to patch into any Pro Tool session anywhere in the world um, and, uh, you know, I, I have some cartoons that are that are on. I have commercials that I that I do uh, some campaigns, and it's uh, been a great, great gift and um, a great opportunity to spend time with my daughter. Uh, and you know, when I first started doing voiceover, there was that part of me who was like, you know, this is great and all, but where's the recognition in it? You know, there there is no there's not a lot of recognition in, vo in voiceover except for like if you hook jobs like I, I did one job where now I get a legend of Korra which has its own built-in fan base and its own rabid set of fans already from the Avatar series so in that sense I did get I do get recognition from it but in most in, in in for most you know for, for in most cases there's not a lot of flash and flair about it it's it's real under un, you know under the cut um and and you're <clears throat> and so so in that sense, my ego was bothered by it. But then I had a kid and um, I, you know, I realized, oh, shit, like, you know, really, I really mean this. I don't have to get up at 6 a.m. <clears throat> and be gone until seven o'clock at night and uh, and not see my family and, and not be able to be around for those those moments. And now with this voiceover game. Um, you know, while, while I still work on sets, the, uh, most of my work is done right here in this booth. So I'm able to, you know, see those moments and watch my daughter grow up and, and be a part of it and uh, spend time with my, my lady and, and all that, those good things. So I'm really, I've, as I get older, I'm more and more grateful for, uh, you know, that I'm in the voiceover game. You got a great voice for it, man. You, you got that, that nice, like, uh, late night FM DJ voice going. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. That's good stuff, man. So how do you work with, um, you know, how, how do you handle or get past, you know, if you see somebody post something negative or, 
you know, I'm sure like a lot of criticism, like, but anybody who's doing anything great is going to have, can't please everybody. How do you keep yourself um, positive when you're reading negative stuff in this day and age? Well, there's a couple answers to that. One, <clears throat> you know, this, this could be a negative thing because, you know, they go by that. There's the old, what is it? Uh, if you don't have haters, what's the old saying? Like, if there's not people who are hating on you, you're, you're not successful enough. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. I think it's something yeah. like that. Some version <laughs> yeah. of that. Some version yeah. of that. Uh, but to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of haters. And, and, it, and one of the reasons why is because Bud Bundy, that character, uh, was such a uh, relatable, likable, lovable character, especially to men who could relate to that. Um, and because of that, I don't know, it, there's a softening, um, you know, the pe 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 there's not a lot of haters. I mean, I, I tell a story, I saved my own life by some thugs who were gonna who were gonna rob me at gunpoint uh one night in hollywood uh while i was with a, i was on a date and you know i came around the corner and these dudes you know they had a gun to my head and the whole thing and then they fucking recognized me and and they just couldn't rob bud bundy and it was the most it's a true story um so it, it was it was it was one of those shows that, that it, it it broke all social boundaries because people you know you know Thugs in Jail was it was the number two rated show in jail after Cops. It was Cops and Married with Children. It was the most watched show. And then you had, you know, then you go across, you, know, you had rich people, rich, you know, white people loving the show. It was, it went across all social boundaries. And because of that character, I, I get a lot of love from a lot of people. Um, you know, obviously you get, look, you get haters, but I don't, I don't pay attention to that. I don't read that shit. If I, if I know it's, if I, if I see it's going to be going to a negative place, I just move on. I, you know, I, I listen to Stern and once in a while, I don't listen to him a lot. I, when I get a chance, I listen and he talks about that. He's like, no, no, I don't read. She's like Robinson. He's like, no, I don't read any comments. No, 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 no. I just, I, I start reading it and they're, they're, you know, I hate this. Fuck you this. I just can't. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, in that sense, if I see it's going to be something negative, I'll just move on and uh block the person or whatever and i just keep it moving because i don't have time to get caught up in that shit i love it man yeah you got you got stuff to get done i appreciate oh, that you yeah. know and i think just pushing forward in spite of that is is just an awesome thing and just in just whatever you do you know you look at you know your whole cast did amazing things from like modern family sons yeah. of anarchy futurama you know um like dead to me all those now things, and so. dead to me yeah i mean that, that that's really Crazy. cool yeah yeah, you know, I just love that, um, you know, that whole, if you don't quit, you can't fail and you just keep pushing through is, yeah. you'll find your success there, man. Well, you did tell a really cool story. I don't know if you, you want to tell it again, but I was not aware until this week when I heard about all uh, the people that you actually introduced at your club that wound up becoming a huge, you know, pop group, probably one of the biggest, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, true story. And uh, uh, you, Will I Am has been in several interviews and we'll say I he said in one, there would be no black eyed peas without David Faustino. Um, we, we created this club called Ballistics out of our love for hip hop. You know, sim the, 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 the short story is we created this hip hop club, club out of our love for hip hop. <clears throat> At that time in Los Angeles, we're talking about, you know, the early nineties during the riots and the, the, you know, the gang wars that were going on here were insane. Um, and hip hop was, you know, you had to go far. If you were, if you were a kid from the Valley or a kid from Beverly Hills or the West side or any, any of these places, you had to 
to, if you wanted to go listen to hip hop, you had to like search it out. And, um, and so we, we were kids who had, who were privileged. One, one of us uh, was the son of Lou Adler, um, Nick, our partner, Nick. Uh, Lou Adler is one of the biggest music producers of, of all time. Um, who, you know, his dad owned the Roxy, the Whiskey, the Rainbow, the whole Sunset Strip belonged to his dad. And then uh, uh, one of us was, uh, you know, uh, knew a, one, a popular kid at Beverly High who knew everybody. And then you, you had me, who was this kid on a fucking TV show, like one of the top rated TV shows. So we had this perfect mix and we were like, yo, let's do our own fucking club and let's bring it up to the Sunset Strip. And so we did, like Nick got his dad to, and you know, his dad's a businessman. So it wasn't an easy decision for his dad. Uh, and he has partners who, you know, were like an all age, cause they, so, so the whiskey, the whiskey, a go-go uh, on the Sunset Strip, they, he, they have an interesting license there. They have a restaurant license. So it's not a nightclub license. So they're able to have all ages in there while still serving alcohol to those over 21. Um, so we were able to, you know, really have a fun with that. And, and, uh, and, and, and dude, everybody started hearing about it first. It was, it was really, it was mostly the West side and Beverly, Beverly Hills kids. That's what it was. And the first night the line went from the whiskey past the Roxy. Like it was fucking insane. It was like, no, they hadn't seen anything like it because we over promoted. We didn't know the, we didn't know. Uh, the power of my fame, to be quite honest with you. We didn't realize, like, we, we, we still had the doubt that we, we'd fill the club that night. We weren't sure. We still, we thought, okay, it's going to be big. But there was that, still that doubt, like, will, will we fill this, this club? Uh, and it was insane, man. We, we over-promoted. Um, uh, and, and, and as the club grew and, and, and it started expanding and start, people started hearing, yo, that dude who plays Bud Bundy's got this fucking hip hop club. And we, 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 and we transformed the whiskey a go, go into a place that was unrecognizable um, uh, as the whiskey every Thursday night. Like you didn't, you didn't step into the whiskey a go, go. You stepped into ballistics. We spent, we spent more money than any promoter would ever spend ever, ever, ever on a, on a night because they want to make money. We wanted to have fun and we wanted to meet people and meet girls and listen to hip hop and have the best club. So we just spent a bunch of money every week. We, we, we would import these fucking giant stacks of speakers because the whiskey speakers weren't good enough for us, you know, and we would bring in the best DJs and we would, we would, you know, bring in artists that would you know, put up canvases and, and we had uh, army tarp. Like you, you literally couldn't recognize the place. It was like you were in this world. Um, and, and then soon enough, uh, 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 you know, other people started hearing about it. Taboo uh, and his crew that were dancers, you know, da Taboo's a dancer by heart. That's his first love and that's his first passion. And uh, he found out about it and started bringing his crew and they started, you know, a breakdance circle. And then, you know, one of his friends knew Will I Am at the time who was Will 1X. And Will came out and then they met there and, um, <clears throat> They just started all talking and, and uh, there was a, a dude named uh, Mook who was in the group before, before Apple. And then they became this group called the At Band Clan, which, like, fuck, I know what it stands for. Now I can't remember it in this moment. <laughs> and, uh, their first album was great, the At Band Clan. And then they transformed into uh, the Black Eyed Peas. So anyway, the reason Will, I have to say this about Will. 
uh, and people don't, a lot of people don't know that Will, and again, here we go about not having footage, which is fucking, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a shame. It's a real shame that we don't have uh, footage of this. But Will is, is a battle rapper by heart. Um, and people wouldn't think of Will I Am as a battle rapper. But this guy ran the freestyle contest at Ballistics for, no one could beat him for, I don't know, man six eight nine months straight like no one could could beat will on the stage and that's you know easy e um because of the dj that we use one of our djs dj speed uh was front was you know in easy's crew so and easy was uh going through a rough time at that time the the you know the club nwa was you know they were having their their outs with with uh ice cube and so easy would just end up at the club all the time. I, I don't know. He just kind of was there with, with DJ speed, kind of like in the background, kind of hanging out. He seemed kind of lost in life at that time, to be really honest with you. It was kind of like he was going through some weird stuff. It was right before uh, he got sick and it was, it was weird. But anyway, he ended up signing uh, based on watching Will just destroy the mic every Thursday night on stage. And it was so great to watch. He just killed it. Um, uh, he, he ended up signing Will and them to Ruthless Records at the time. And they were the App Band clan. So their first album was on Ruthless. Then, you know, Easy died and the whole thing fell apart. And then they went on to, you know, go to Interscope and do their thing there. So that's how Black Eyed Peas formed. And that's how Will I Am became the star that he is, was at Ballistics. And we're actually now doing a documentary. And I'm working with Taboo. Taboo is producing it with me. Uh, and we have already shot uh, interviews with Lou Adler. We've done, you know, shot footage all over the Roxy and the Whiskey. We, we threw some of the parties at the Roxy. We had special parties there, here and there. Um, so we've already shot a bunch of it. And then coronavirus uh, started. And it literally, you know, you know the, the brakes just, it, we just slammed the brakes and we couldn't do any more. We already had interviews set up with Robin Thicke. Like the, the cast of characters that were at Ballistics, it was, it was insane. Like you know, Robin met Paula Patton there. That's how they got married. Like, there's just so many stories that uh, are unbelievable. The alchemist, you know, being our little, our, our flyer guy who went out and flyered for us as a kid. You know, he was, he was younger than us. So he just wanted to be down. And Scotty Kahn. And, you know, there's just so many stories that people will see from this documentary that it's an unknown kind of secret uh, uh, that, that only, you know, certain you know, either underground hip hop heads or West Side white kids know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That's awesome, That's man. Awesome, where man. you guys think you guys think you're gonna you're gonna own it? Uh, where where will we end up like putting it out? Uh, we yeah, don't know. Yeah. We, we we're gonna just shoot it with our own money and just do it uh, because we have you know a group of people that have some money to put into it. We'll, all, all of us have enough money to just produce it on our own. So we're just gonna produce the fucking dopest documentary we can. We got a great director named Ben Jackendoff. Yes, that's his real last name. Shout out Ben Jackendoff. Uh, he's a great, <laughs> great director. Uh, Taboo is producing it with me. My whole ballistics crew is producing it. Uh, and we're just gonna make a really dope, badass uh, 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 documentary and then just be like, okay, and see who, because there's no way you know, I, I see it, you know, definitely as a Netflix, it would definitely be a thing Netflix would probably be interested in. Um, and uh, we're just going to take it around. That sounds really that cool, sounds man. Really I'm cool, looking man. forward to that. Forward that sounds that. awesome. That sounds awesome. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. And at least with the, the, coronavirus, the coronavirus, it's kind of tough. Kind of tough but, 
I'm in Chicago right now. You're in California. At least we're in places that marijuana is legalized recreation. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. It gets you through the coronavirus. Do what? So, what? Uh, so Illinois is—is uh, is it fully legal? As of January first. First. Wow. Good. Good. Congrats. Congrats. Dude, it was, uh, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> they put like a an Amber Alert, Amber Alert. like that you would get in your phone when there's like a, like a, a kid kidnapped or something. Or something. It was like tomorrow, tomorrow. marijuana is going to be legal. Stay away, Stay from, away these from these areas, areas because, because we're expecting the demand, the demand of traffic and this and this and this. Was that from the feds or the state? What? Was that from the feds or the state? No, it was from the state, but it was because of they just expected so much foot and traffic from people trying to buy it. And the lines were huge, dude, blocks and blocks and blocks. And I was like, all right. Well, that's also from people coming from other 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 places right as well oh yeah yeah. we have, that. We have like people pouring in from you know states uh arizona and other places that we were pouring in uh to buy shit nevada yeah, yeah. or whatever before they yeah, went legal it's crazy. it's crazy and you were on uh what was that hot boxing with b-real right uh i didn't do a hot box yet actually uh stoner's box or whatever or hot box i did uh the dr green thumb podcast um he hasn't got, i haven't said yes to the the hot box yet. My manager is like, cause I'm, you know, I'm out there with, I'm open with my weed use. Uh, I'm, everybody knows I smoke herb. Uh, I just, I don't do it on camera. Like, you know, there's not like a bunch of shots of me smoking away. And um, even though I, you know, I'm out there and you know, open about my weed use. Uh, and I think my manager kind of wants to like keep it that way a little bit, even though I really, 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 really want to do the hot box. Um, I just didn't do it. Like even when I was doing uh, the Green Thumb podcast uh, just before Corona, that was that was also that was like the week before lockdown. Um, anyway, uh, even when I was with them, I'd step off and smoke herb and then come back and, and sit down because I, you know, I just I guess I don't want the the visual out there of me, you know, just you know that that meme, I guess, of me hitting a bong or whatever. So I'll probably, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a crazy, crazy experience, crazy, man. Crazy, I, crazy. I remember when I first went to Denver, when it first became legalized, and I was and like, I'm going to go into a dispensary. Into a dispensary. And, I and I walked down, I walked into, into the waiting, waiting room, room, and there was like, like a stockbroker, an athlete, a grandmother, athlete, like a hood yeah, rat. Right. There was like, like, I was like, yeah. I was like everybody, everybody, every walk of life is in here right now. Like, it's, right, the, like it's the, the universal, universal thing that brings thing everybody together that nobody wanted to talk about. It is. It is. I ran into one of my agents there, dude. It was hilarious. Because, like, you know, you don't. That's the kind of people you're trying to like at the time. This is also before we were fully legal when it was uh, just uh, medical marijuana. Hey, those, are, those are kind of the people you're hiding it from, you know, your agents and things. And because you just, you know, and then you see your agent there and it's like, oh, busted. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, dude, I, I won't take up your whole day. I appreciate you giving me some time. A uh, couple last questions. Last one, question. is, um, one is, um, I heard a, I heard lot, a lot of stuff, stuff, about, stuff about, about they were looking to do like a married with grandchildren, grandchildren or some sort of um, spinoff or, or, or take it over, take which, it you know, I would have loved. But uh, just um, saying that the cast was on cast board was for it, but board there was some other things that were keeping it from really coming to life. Yeah. I'll, let's see, what about, I'll save you from, from, too much disappointment later in, in, in that I don't think it'll ever happen, to be quite honest with you. Uh, because the, when, when a whole cast comes together like that and that is so busy and, doing other, and says yes to at least being uh, uh, doing, you know, a spinoff where they come in and are guest stars, at least when the whole cast says yes to that and one of the creators, the, the only one who's still alive, um, says yes, 
and then Sony gets behind it and someone still has the power to, uh, to decimate that and still does have the power to decimate one person, then it's, it's actively, you know, being, being destroyed uh, at any, you know, any time they get, it gathers any momentum. So it, I don't think it's ever going to happen. That's my guess. Uh, and, you know, it is what it is. We we put together a cool pilot and a cool idea because I was doing it with the creator. I was helping. We were. It was him and I and another partner, and we were all doing it together. And then it fell apart. So we had a cool idea. Um, again, would it is it you know if you really 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 think about it? Even though I want it to happen, and I think it would be great for the fans, and I think the fans are, are deserve something because. The show went on, you know, they, they, they were committed to the show for 11 seasons. And then, you know, Fox did that sort of cold blooded, you know, business decision, you know, cause they didn't know. They were like, should we pick it up? Shouldn't we, should we, shouldn't we? They were, they were back and forth. And then at the final hour, they decided not to. And they build that, you know, last episode as a last episode. And it wasn't a last episode, it was just an episode. And the fans knew it. They were like, yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> And uh, to this day, they still talk to me about it. And Fox, oh, Fox owes, owes them something. They owed them a last episode. Fuck us. We got paid for it. But they owed the, the fans a last episode, really. Um, and so that, that's what sucks about it to me, uh, is that they, there's no closure there. Uh, but, but if you really think about it, would the jokes, uh, would you be able to do that kind of humor today? What, what would you be able to get away with? Um, would there be an outcry? Would you have to apologize for an episode you made? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how yeah, one man would, would go over right, right, now. right now. You know what I mean? You'd have to really <laughs> pick and choose. Look, at the end of the day, you can still make it funny because you, you work around those things and you poke fun of, of those very things within the show. So you could still make it work, I think. It, 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 at the end of the day, it's really sad. It is, it is kind of a, a tragedy. Now, I, I'll say a low-level tragedy in this grand scheme of life that uh that the show can't be made and, and that we all can't get together and have that fun and you know entertain people again like that uh it's kind of a, a sin but you know it happens and you got one person who's just a bit crazy and we'll leave it at that and it's not one of the cast members and it's not one of the creators or writers that's well we can send that name to matt Sauer or ally yeah please do please do plugs before oh, you have any other questions go ahead i'm gonna do i was gonna ask you one more thing and then i was gonna let you plug away i was just gonna say uh in the victory lap here as we close up um if you ran into a younger you what you know now in life what advice would you give a younger you coming up that's a really good question oh i would say uh young the best advice to me to a younger me well i would say uh Stay, I would say believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. Uh, really believe in yourself. Because there was a lot of times where I didn't and still don't. It's still a challenge. It's a challenge for all of us to believe in ourselves, really. But work on that aspect, uh, I would say, to myself and to anyone out there, uh, youngsters. That's great, That's great advice. advice. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, so what are you working on? How can people find you? I know you got a bunch of stuff going right now. Right now. Yeah, so, uh, so the few things for, for like, you know, the younger audience or people out there who have kids um, or young adults for Legend of Korra, that show is, uh, is, can be found on the Nickelodeon site or anywhere, Apple TV. And uh, it's probably going to be on Netflix soon because they're doing the first 
uh, series, the first book now. Uh, uh, so uh, that's a show that, that, that young adults love. Uh, it's called The Legend of Korra and kids also. My daughter is just starting to get into it. It's really cool. Uh, it's part of the Avatar series. So just look up Legend of Korra. I play Mako uh, in the show. Uh, and then there's um, uh, Dragons Race to the Edge, which is a, a, a shoot off of How to Train Your Dragon. That's on Netflix. It's called Dragons Race to the Edge. It's a series. Uh, same characters as uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Same cast minus uh, 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 Jonah Hill. But the rest of them are all there. I play the, uh, the evil dagger. He's this bumbling bad guy. He's a bad guy, but he's an idiot. It's great. Um, so that's fun. Uh, again, Dragons Race to the Edge on Netflix. Uh, I do a, uh, if, if you're into hip hop, I, I DJ a radio show every Wednesday on Dash Radio, which is just an app. You can go to the Dash Radio uh, app, download that shit. I'm on Native Rhymes every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific. So check that out. I'm, you know, I try to Instagram it. I'm going to move to Twitch, I guess, because I keep getting kicked off of Instagram. So everybody's go says go to Twitch. All the kids are telling me to go to Twitch. So I didn't even know what Twitch fucking was before a few days ago. So I'm gonna go over there. Uh, and what else? Uh, voiceover. Uh, that's what I do. And uh, other stuff I'm forgetting. But for now, that's that's about it. Follow me uh, at David Faustino across social media. That's awesome, man. I I really appreciate it, man. Uh, I, I love talking to you. I've been a big fan for a long time. You know, you provided me and my family with a lot of laughs over the years, but I love watching you. Now yourself now. You're a fantastic friend. I really appreciate it. Thanks to Tony for putting this together. Thanks, Tony. Shout out, Tony. And and and, uh, and thanks for your patience, my friend. No, dude, you're, you're the man. You're the man. Have a great day. I really appreciate it. Good job to pet and have an awesome day, man. Shout out, Nick. Shout out the A Game podcast. Lots of fun. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.